millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why are the playoffs better at Boston Pizza? Because we've optimized our sports bar experience by studying in-depth analytics. Starting with our new BP Wing Ribs, currently leading all apps in wings above replacement, and deep-fried pickle wedges, an early favorite for the unanimous number one overall pickle. And, of course, the advanced stats darling and leader in pints per game, the new Beer Mosa. Catch the playoffs at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. It's Friday. That means it's game two, Oilers and Golden Knights. Wait. Thanks, Gary. Let's get into it with the lead. The Stanley Cup playoffs are the best playoffs in the world. They're awesome. Great chance for the league to grow the game, which is why you should put just one game on a Friday night. You know, big captive audience, a lot of people going out to sports bars. They only want to see one game, and it's Carolina, New Jersey. Jesus, Uh, no Oilers game tonight, which means we have another show of what talking about what Jay Woodcroft should do with Vinny DeHarnay. But I can confirm I saw Jay Woodcroft today in Vegas. I was outside T-Mobile Arena. I was doing my hit on DFO Live and he walked past me and we kind of made awkward eye contact because we don't like say hi to each other. But I think it's kind of like, oh, oh, oh. And I looked in his eyes and telepathically I said, Woody, take out Vinny put in Holloway. And I think he understood what I meant by that look. So there you go. Lineup changes confirmed for tomorrow's hockey game. I also saw Glenn Gulletson and uh, I didn't say anything to Glenn Gulletson either. Anyways, uh, Oilers Nation every day. Another AMA travel road trip edition of the show. AMAtravel.ca slash dreams is where you're going to want to go to plan your next big vacation with AMA. They made this trip work. They can do anything, even though the NHL wanted to throw in curveballs like changing up the games last minute. AMA made it all happen. We are live in the Sports Closet studio and live on the Oilers Nation YouTube where Daniel has the first comment of the day. He says, start stew. Kids, help them get this far. Go Oilers. Daniel, I actually think you got the first comment yesterday and I forgot to read it. So you get a double shout out to that one. Odin's in and says, good afternoon, oil country. And as always, people are in the chat and it's been three minutes. I haven't addressed Liam yet and the people are getting antsy. So I'll bring in my co-host, Liam Horobin. Uh, Liam holding the fort down in Edmonton in the in the legit sports closet studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you do last night, Liam? Did you sit and watch hockey for six hours? Uh, yeah, I watched the back end of the Florida Leaves game, and I watched the mm-hmm. front end of the Dallas-Seattle game. What I did mostly was just sit in the yard because it was a beautiful evening in Edmonton yesterday, Tyler. But I was yeah, very I heard- jealous of what you got up to last night. 
Mm, yes, medieval times is how Jay Bag Milk and I spent our evening. Uh, you are a big fan of this, Liam. Like you were excited for me to get this mm. experience. I I was thrilled. I, I I was trying to get people to go with me when we went to Vegas on the Nation vacation early. What was that? January. And Bag Milk yeah. and I looked into it, but it was at the same time as when the Oilers played the Vegas Golden Knights. So after a hard debate, we decided to go to the game instead. I think next time I'll be on the uh, the Knights of the Round Table fan train. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, it was a really good time, except they don't give you utensils. So you have to eat everything mm-hmm. with just your hands. You also told me, Liam, you said the beers are huge. They were just normal sized beers. Um, oh, but there's a look. Good job, Aaron. Um, the, maybe, it was actually like they, they was, like, just jousting. Felt yeah, maybe uh, there was like jousting and they were like swinging things around. It was actually like a pretty neat kind of performance. So if you're ever in Vegas and you're looking for something to do for a night, um, there are definitely worse ways you could spend it than going to nights of the round table. It was a uh, it was a good time. Uh, but let's get into the hockey talk. Our pal Mike McKenna from Daily Faceoff, the former NHL goaltender, also a former Vegas Golden Knights analyst. He worked on their TV crew for a couple of years. Uh, he's going to stop by in about 10 minutes. We're going to pick his brain a little bit about Stuart Skinner, the way he's looked so far in the playoff run, what the Oilers are going up against and Laurent Brassois. And we'll even go around the NHL just uh, just a little bit with Mr. McKenna because, again, it's a second straight off day for the Edmonton Oilers. There's really nothing new to discuss. I mean, the team, I believe, is going to skate again today, get on the ice, but it's not like we're going to find out much. The only thing, I guess, Liam, that we might find out from the Oilers skate today is the status of Derek Ryan. Like, if he's out there and taking line rushes and it's like, okay, Looks like Derek Ryan will play. You know, maybe we'll learn a little bit of something based on where Dylan Holloway skates in the line rushes. But I don't think Jay Woodcroft's going to come out and be like, Vinny's out tomorrow and this is happening and this is happening. That's not the way he usually rolls in the playoffs. No, he keeps everything close to his chest, doesn't he, during the playoffs. And also, I guess we'll get a little update too, perhaps, on Matthias Janmark. I would assume he doesn't play tomorrow, but... Perhaps we'll see what kind of happens. It looked not great, obviously, but I think Derek yeah. Ryan is the one we'll be all kind of looking at to see if he's back. I would assume he's healthy, but then also, yeah, that are you going to go 12 and 6, 11 and 7? We could debate it till we're blue in the face, Tyler, but we truly will not know until the puck is dropped tomorrow night. Tomorrow evening, sir. Yep. Uh, you got some takes in the chat. Also, feel free to fire us some questions. Like I said, there's not a lot new to get to today on the show, so we're looking for some listener questions if you want to drop those in. Scotty91 is in with this and says, we absolutely need Stu to steal us games where the team isn't at its best. The Panthers have a leaky defense, but Bobrovsky has single-handedly won the first two games. Scotty says, Campbell stole game four. We need Stu to do it sometimes, too. And listen, I think that's actually a really fair take. Like, Again, the blue line for the Oilers hasn't been great. You look back at last game, there was the dumb pinch by Darnell Nurse. There was a couple of mistakes from Vinny DeArnay. Two of the goals came on a Golden Knights power play as well. You can't sit there and like blame Stuart Skinner on any of them. But at the same time, you look down at the other end and Laurent Brassois, when that game was on the line late in the third, made a handful of really, really big stops. And this isn't even to say that Stuart Skinner hasn't made big stops, but we are now seven games into this playoff run and he hasn't stolen a hockey game for this team. Again, I think game six would have been viewed a little bit differently if there wasn't that gaffe and if it wasn't a Kyler Yamamoto goal that ended ended up being the hero moment. Like if they win that game without the Yamo goal, without that gaffe by Skinner, I know his stick broke, so it was bad luck. Like, if, if he doesn't do that, we maybe look at game six as a game that he stole. But even in that one, like we haven't had like a 950 save percentage game from Stuart Skinner. And 
he's this team's starting goalie. I he's kind of due for one, and he probably needs to needs to get the job done at some point. But we're going to pick uh, McKenna's brain about that a little bit, uh, Liam. So we don't need to go too too deep into things right now. Um, so baked. Whoever wants to start, Campbell is off their rocker. Liam, okay, maybe we will just get into this now because it seems to be all people want to talk about in the chat. If if tomorrow doesn't go well, if the Oilers lose 4-3, 5-2, whatever, then I think there is a conversation to start Jack Campbell in Game 3, but there's no conversation to start Jack Campbell in Game 2, in my opinion. No, I, I would completely agree, and I think it's always interesting in the playoffs when you get into these conundrums of your starting goaltender isn't playing well, why are you so hesitant to put the other guy in, right? Like, Jack Campbell, in his last, what is it, five starts or so, has actually been pretty good for the Oilers, I guess, for the last five appearances, because obviously the LA one. So I don't think they would be too hesitant to start Campbell. I think it's just more of like a belief in Stuart Skinner and trying to get him going a little bit too. And, and it's interesting, like you said, like he's not really out there making outlandish mistakes. Like obviously the LA one wasn't great. Um, what was it on Wednesday? Was it the fifth goal that could have probably been stopped that went through him a little bit, but it just yeah. feels like mistakes are happening so often in front of him that he's making Skinner look significantly worse than he actually is. But again, you look yep. at that game against the Vegas Golden Knights and he had that big stop on March or so at the end of the game. He also had the, the two on O where they literally did a tic-tac-toe in front of him. He's like, he actually is making big saves. They just sometimes need to be a bit more timely and you need to not allow yep. five goals a night. Yeah. Yeah, like at some point, if the Oilers are going to keep going on a long run here, they'll need their goalie to steal them some. Every team that's gone to a Stanley Cup final has had their goalie steal them a handful of games along the way. Uh, Someone was in here and said, why uh, is so baked? Who said, play Vinny as the seventh defenseman just for the PK minutes. Yesterday, we talked about how Stuart Skinner's save percentage with DeHarnay off the ice is 918. And with Dayarney on the ice, it's 750. Uh, Wood guy, who's a great follow on Twitter, by the way, he chimed in on the penalty kill. Stuart Skinner's save percentage is 810 with Dayarney off the ice, and it's 667 with Vinny on the ice. So I, I don't even know if you can really trust Vinny to give you four minutes of solid PK time right now. Again, I think you could put him back in the lineup later in this series, and you might be able to get something out of him. I think down the line, he's going to be a piece of this blue line. But for right now, I think it's just too much for him and you need to throw him up in uh, in the press box for a game, even just to give him that view and, mm-hmm. and let him maybe calm things down a little bit. I just, I don't see yeah. any other path that makes sense. Yeah, I'm with you. And even on that Wood Guy tweet, it's funny, I have the same one open right above it, like with, yeah. with Deane on the ice at 5-on-5, Stuart Skinner is a 7-74 and off the ice, Stuart Skinner is a 9-49. Those numbers are just kind of absolutely insane to even have a conversation about. And yeah, I think in the playoffs, a head coach's job is to adjust on the fly. And a big adjustment would be probably going back to 12 and six, right? And the others do have the forwards to play at 12 and six. I'm, I, I'm not sure. I do feel like they'll still go back to 11 and seven on, on uh, Saturday. And they are, was the seventh defenseman too on Wednesday night. So we'll see where they kind of yeah. adjust there. Uh, uh, Riley is in and says, Hey, Tyler, what are your thoughts on Fogel? Uh, yeah, I mean, they could use a Fogel at some point here. That's a guy who I think we talked about before the playoff run as maybe being a player who could come out, out of the, uh, or come up out of the bottom six and like score some big goals for this team and maybe be that guy who's the unsung hero in the playoffs. That guy has definitely been clean cost and not Warren Vogel. And, you know, it's not even like Fogel's missing on chances or anything. I don't, 
Warren Fogel's not getting a lot of looks right now. Liam, that right there, though, you could put him into a long line of Oilers forwards who the team's looking for a lot more from right now. Like, it's not like it's just Fogel struggling and everyone else around him is playing great hockey. Like, there's not a lot of guys in this top 12 or top 11, whatever, who are playing very good right now. No, they're, they're, they're not. And yeah, if the Oilers want to get out of this series against the Golden Knights, I don't think you even need to look at the bottom six. I think you need to look at the top six with guys like Kane, uh, Nugent Hopkins, and, and Hyman need to be more consistent in their scoring, right? And then I think you can address mm-hmm. the bottom six because, quite frankly, the bottom six is probably overall scoring at a half decent rate. Like you said, like Clem Costin's had a good game. Uh, Bukestad's been there for the team. Yamamoto got the series winner, but. Overall, yeah, I think they they need to address the offense in the top six before we even bother with the bottom six. Uh, how about this one we got in the chat from Ashley? I always love hearing uh, where people are listening or tuning into the show from. Ashley's in and says, saying hi with my first grade class in Guadalajara, Mexico. First student to finish their daily tasks gets to wear the McDavid jersey at lunch, which is awesome. Um, and then she ends it with a vamos los petroleros boy. I butchered. Yeah. Well, I know that Jay, I just butchered the saying of it. (laughs) If I seem distracted today on the show, it's because Jay and bag milk are just laying in the two beds right in front of me. I'm doing this in front of a live studio audience today. Yeah. (laughs) Peanut gallery behind the scenes. Um, but anyways, that was a cool comment. Uh, streeters in and says it's Clem Shady's birthday today, boys. Uh, yes, Liam, it is our boy. Um, big number 21. Yeah. I mean, no better place in the world to have your, your birthday out there, right? In, in Vegas. So hopefully <laughs> it's, uh, it's a, it's a good evening for them, but not too good of an evening for Mr. Klim Shady. Yeah. Hopefully they're not uh, going too crazy. Rusty's in and says, Gregor suggested that if you put Kane Hyman and Nuge on a line together, if you don't split up and you don't split up McDry, it would force them to figure it out. I mean, <sighs> I think that's an (laughs) rusty true to your name. And I know it was Gregor's idea, but like that's an optimistic idea. Just saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, you throw these three struggling guys together and they'll find a way to crawl out of their slump all together at once. Sure. But there's also no guarantee that they start suddenly start playing well. And if you put those three together, how long do you roll with it? If it doesn't work, right? If the first period's not good, do you say, okay, it's clearly not working. These guys are struggling. We can't have them on the ice at the same time. You give them two periods, you give them a full game. Do you give them two games? Like, I don't really know what you do. And people are asking, do you play McDry together? Blah, blah, blah. I'll just say the same thing I said yesterday. It don't matter if, if the, whoever else is in that top six isn't producing, it doesn't matter if McDavid and dry settle are playing together or not. Cause if they're together and that top yeah. line's doing great, but you have a second line, that's an absolute black hole with Kane, Nugent Hyman. That's a problem. If you split up McDavid and Drysaddle and they're buzzing all over the ice, but Evander Kane and Zach Hyman can't get them the puck, can't stick handle, can't do anything off the rush, then it doesn't matter that you split them up. You just have two lines at that point that won't be working. So I don't know. I'm really torn on it. It's probably something we'll uh, dig into tomorrow on a Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of the show as well. But Liam, like McDavid and Drysaddle, there's no concerns with those two. They will get theirs. They will make a positive impact on a nightly basis. It's just those other guys. Yeah, I'm with you. And I guess with the logic behind putting Nuge, Kane, and Hyman together, then you may as well play Dehan A 30 minutes tonight to get the rust out of him too. It's just like, 
Oh well, that's not going to work, I don't think. So, yeah, I, I'm not concerned at all about Dreisaitl and McDavid. Like, I think they can they can carry it on their own, right? I mean, Dreisaitl's played with Nuge and Yamamoto most this playoffs, and what, they have one goal combined. So, yeah, I'm not concerned about that. It's just the other guys. Like, they got to figure it out, especially Nugent Hopkins. Like, he's the one that's yeah. worrying. At least Kane and Hyman have, have scored goals at, at key times for this team and had a game where they've, been a major contributor but yeah the new just gotta he's gotta find it and i don't know how you do that right now i know it's it feels like a lifetime because that's what the playoffs feel like but it's only been seven yeah. games of this little slump he's been in so hopefully you can kind of start getting some traction here soon before it's too late yeah you know that's a good point right like it is the playoffs and every game is under such a big microscope that a seven game slump man if this was coming in february we would have been like hey nude was on a heater for the first half of the year like he was due to cool down eventually. And he really was, when you look at the shooting percentage, both his own personal and on ice, he was due to slow down at one point. This is just him really slowing down. The dip is probably a little bit greater than we thought, but that's a good point, Liam. Like it's only, it has been only seven games. If he were to go out tomorrow night and pop on two goals this series with four goals, then we're sitting there and we're not questioning Nuge at all. Uh, but for right now, and I know Cameron asked the question, is it just a confidence thing? I mean, Nuge is a vet, right? He has been around for a while. I would hope it's not just him losing his confidence and suddenly becoming this ineffective. I don't think he's hurt. I don't think it's anything like that. He's just flat out struggling. He's got to dig deep a little bit. Yeah, he's just kind of, yeah, I don't know what it is about him. You just don't notice him as much as you did, right? Even on the power play, he's not getting looks and all that kind of stuff. So maybe the Oilers... Actually, maybe they don't. Like, it sounds weird to say, right? Because the power play is so good. I was going to say maybe they need to adjust the power play to get him involved a little bit. But why Why should they, quite frankly? Like, this, why is it at 58% now? Like, you got to kind of keep it as it is. But yeah, Nuge has, has got to find a way. Maybe just, maybe just shoot from everywhere until something goes in, right? Yep. Quaddy uh, says, ready for 97 to explode. Question, when? Could be any game, right? I mean, this guy's had, he's got a couple, I think, three-point nights already under his belt so far in the playoffs. He had that two-goal game in LA, uh, which was ultimately, I know, alert in game three against LA. Uh, but again, it's any game he can absolutely take over. And I felt like last game, he had some good rushes. I felt like game six against LA, he actually played pretty well. He's putting together good games eventually the shots will start going in. Like he was not afraid to rip the pill last game at all, Liam. No, I, I, I actually thought he was pretty effective last game and had his moments yeah. in there, like you said, where he was attacking directly and getting past Vegas defenseman. I I mean, sure, I think we will see that game from him where he, he kind of goes off a little bit. But again, he's averaging over two points a game in, in the playoffs, right? Or close to. So he's still playing pretty well. Um, I would, I mean, a four-point game would be nice if he could follow that up from dry saddle. But yeah, I think we are seeing McDavid. I We are kind of seeing him slip back in, into like not taking like good chances though too. I know you said he's been shooting the puck, but there was a couple of times still, whereas I still would like you to shoot that over passing it. But Overall, he's still been the second best player on this team, which is yep. wild too. Uh, someone was talking about the passes the Oilers are making. Yeah, I mean, it was noticeable in game one of this series how much they struggled to complete a pass. Like plays that went for icing that really, really shouldn't have. Pucks that are just getting thrown in guys' feet, even though you're 10, 12 feet away. Like it's just too many 
too many play killing plays they made, right? Like moments where it's like, okay, you're moving the puck up the ice and okay, you're offside and the puck's in your feet. And you tried to get it deep, but you just turned it right over the defenseman. Like just dumb kind of mistakes they made last game that we didn't see this team make down the stretch. We saw it a little bit against the LA Kings. And I thought maybe it was just them, you know, dipping their toes into the playoff hockey pool a little bit. But now that it's gone on seven games, like, Again, we haven't seen the Oilers have their A-plus game for a full 60 minutes once in this playoff run yet. I think eventually it'll come. So maybe they're just, you know, the mindset is hang around for a little bit, steal one in Vegas tomorrow, and eventually you're going to go on a run of playing some really good hockey like you did down the stretch. But again, Liam, it's it's just, I love the line Aaron used a couple of weeks ago. The only thing stopping this team from going deep is themselves, right? Like, I don't think there's a team in the West that's better than them. It's just a matter of them eliminating these dumb, dumb mistakes. And like Jay Woodcroft said the other day, just take away those moments where you shoot yourself in the foot over and over again and you win that hockey game. Yeah, I, I think you could say that about all the games they've lost, honestly. It's just like errors have led to chances. And again, it's made yeah. Skinner look a little bit worse than he's actually been overall. And I, like I said, if you can just kind of narrow that in, I mean, if you make one mistake a game, that's Kind of is what it is, right? But they're making like two or three, four mistakes ended up in the back of the net. So yeah, tighten it up a little bit. Tighten it up a little bit. I know the chat is buzzing and bag milks in there wanting everyone to show me the sword he bought yesterday at Medieval Times. Uh, you know what? Here's what we'll do. If we get to 100 likes in the YouTube chat, I will show you the sword that Bag Milk bought yesterday when we were at Medieval Times. But we do have real business to get to because I see my friend Mike McKenna is on the line for Star Mechanical, starmechanical.ca, the number one plumbing and heating company in Edmonton. Mr. McKenna, how have you been enjoying these playoffs? You know, it's been a lot, honestly, because every game's been, for the most part at least, pretty intriguing man so uh and especially when we start to get talking v- vgk and edmonton this is right up my alley of course me being the ex vgk dude and you covering edmonton to the core know these two teams pretty well buddy yeah so uh let's dig into game one there i think a lot of oilers fans were maybe a little bit surprised at the pace the uh vegas golden knights played with especially coming off a series where the oilers played an la kings team who loves to just slow the game down and trap it up Vegas is like the exact opposite of that. And I kind of felt like it caught the Oilers off guard a little bit. Uh, what were your thoughts on game one? Did it change your outlook on this series at all? I, I don't think so because I still I still think Edmonton is the team that's more dangerous, especially. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, they didn't look very resilient in that game against Vegas in game one. And, and that's what concerned me is that when – Edmonton goes out and grabs a lead, then bang, Vegas is right back in it with a Barbashev goal. And then guess what? It's three to three. Dries Idle scores again. What happens? Yeah. Two Vegas goals in the next minute and six. You know, like there's there's a level of complacency that just can't happen in playoffs, you know? And and part of that was driven by turnovers. And the other part, to me, I just didn't think they had their the their feet underneath them for a lot of the game. So um, Vegas is a deep team. I think Vegas is probably a faster team than people realize. They still, to me, at their core, I think Vegas is a rush team. That's where they generate most of their offense from. Their power plays okay. In zone, eh, they're all right. They don't have a game changer as much as you want to try to make Eichel sound like McDavid. He's not. <laughs> so um if Edmonton can limit the rush chances of Vegas and they can be a little bit smarter with the puck, I still think it's Edmonton series. But Vegas isn't going to go away because they're so structured, Tyler. They defend really well. 
You are a former NHL goaltender, so I want to pick your brain a little bit about what we've been seeing from Stuart Skinner. I think that last game against Vegas was really a microcosm of his whole playoff run so far. You know, were any of those goals he gave up weak? No. Was it his fault they lost? No. But could he have stolen them that game or done a little bit more to help them win? Absolutely. And I'm looking at his game logs here. I mean, he's allowed at least two goals in all seven playoff games he's appeared in so far. He's only been above a 900 in four of those games. He hasn't been above a 920 once yet in this playoffs. Is this just a goalie who's maybe struggling a little bit, a rookie goalie struggling with the spotlight of Stanley Cup playoff hockey, Mike? Or are you noticing some concerning trends maybe in Skinner's game? You know, I haven't seen anything that's glaring to me, and that's why I do have concern because I've always thought of Skinner as a good NHL goaltender who probably has some room to grow, and I think that's still the case. I've likened his Stanley Cup playoff experience this year to what Igor Shosturkin went through last season where I felt like he had to find a level of intensity that doesn't exist during the regular season, whether you're fighting through screens, whether you're coming up with a save when you need it. like I just felt like Shosturkin had a learning curve last season that Skinner's kind of facing in the same way. And, you know, look at the last game against Vegas. If he stops Mike Amadio on that rush, to me, it might be a lot different game, right? That's the type of save that you really want to see made, even though for me as a former goalie, I understand how hard that is. It's a shot from, you know, it's inside the top of the circle. It's close to the dot. Those pucks go in. But you make that save and the game has a lot of has a completely different complexion to it. And then I, you know, even later in the game in the third period, when you look at um the Stevenson goal on the rush that came from yeah. Stone, Skinner's just flat foot. And that caught me out. Like I thought he'd be a little bit better on the rush, at least having some momentum, completely flat had to reach. So I think there's room for growth for Skinner. Um, I don't think he's been great. I haven't loved his game, but I also don't think he's been the reason why Edmonton has lost either. He really just felt like, He's been the definition of average for this Oilers team so far. Yeah. Uh, if let's just say, and I know the guys sitting behind the camera right now are going to be booing me, but let's say game two doesn't go well for the Oilers. If you were Jay Woodcroft, would would you uh, would you at all be willing to maybe make the change over to Jack Campbell? Like Campbell's played once. His numbers are sparkling. He really almost saved their season against L.A. If game two doesn't go well, do you go to Campbell? Well, and Campbell's also got, I believe, a 918 save percentage career in playoffs yeah. and more than a dozen games played. Um, it's such a hard call because Skinner's been the rock. He's been the model of consistency for the Edmonton Oilers this year. He didn't allow more than three goals on so many nights. But now look yeah. at playoffs. That's kind of out the window from what we've seen. And, and to me, it really depends what game two looks like. If the Golden Knights and the Oilers go out and it's a 3-2 game and Skinner makes a difference, there's there's no reason. But if he goes out... And the first period goes real poorly, or if he allows a couple goals late in the third, and suddenly the Oilers find that the oil, oil I just said Oilanders. Can we put, <laughs> can we make a t shirt out of that? The Oilanders? Maybe. Um, boy, if the Oilers, if the, if the Oilers could defend like the Islanders, that would be something. Um, I, I really do think there's a chance you see Campbell. I do. I mean, if, if the Oilers are down 2 nothing in a series of the Golden Knights and Skinner just has looked average to below average you're not just looking at a better goal. You're looking at giving your team a wake up call and a boost. And man, Campbell did that. The game, he came in, he was, a, there were a couple code Brown moments when he came in, he went 27 for 28, but he got the job done. So I, I think that it could happen, but I'd be surprised to see Skinner out of the net. 
Yeah, uh, the Oilers have a chance in game two to steal one on the road. And it'd be really interesting how just that one win in the series being 1-1, it would probably feel a lot like, okay, Edmonton's back in the driver's seat here. Let's head out to some other series though, Mike, because the Toronto Maple Leafs are down 2 nothing, And, you know, if you go down 2 nothing because you're the road team, you start on the road, the other team takes care of business at home, you're probably not panicking. If you're the Leafs, you are probably panicking a little bit right now. Down 2 nothing. And Sergei Bobrovsky is vintage Bob right now. How about this bounce back from Bob? I mean, they went with Alex Lyon early in that series against Boston. They made the decision to flip back to the veteran netminder, and it's paid off for them. This is like, again, he was so up and down during the regular season. For him to suddenly find this level in the playoffs, Mike, I'm stunned. You know, Bob was incredible against Toronto in the first two games of the series. 944 safe percentage. But against Boston, I thought that Bob had some really big performances. They had some okay. The thing about Bob for me is that, like you said, it's consistency. He's a streaky goaltender. There's times where he gets on a run, and it's four or five games, man, just lights out, and then he can go stone cold after that. So obviously what the Panthers are hoping is that this is a sustained level of high play for Bob because he stole last night's game. Okay, like the Panthers, they're absolutely determined. They've got all kinds of positive mojo, everything. Toss that out the window. If Bob doesn't play that well, they don't win. And I didn't think, I don't think Samson has been very good either. So for me, with Bobby seeing the puck well, his movements are pretty strong. He's still at times a little bit out of control and can lose his crease. And that's where I do wonder if the Maple Leafs don't take that extra second to try to get him out of position before they make a play, open up some space. So I'm not sold on Bob keeping a 944 for the rest of this series, but there's no doubt in my mind that he's now in the Toronto Maple Leafs heads and they've got to win game three. Because if they don't, you can't give Bob that many cracks at closing out a game a fourth win. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I, I almost view Ilya Samsonov on the other side of that matchup a little bit like Stuart Skinner, where like, has he been flat out brutal very many times in this run? No. But I even look at that last game. There was the goal Barkov scored that like, listen, world-class player who, again, it was one of those shots from inside the circles, but it looked like Samsonov probably could have stopped that one. That's one where at a momentum-defining moment in the game, you'd like your goalie to get it. But Mike, do they have a choice? Like Edmonton could go, yeah, we're going with Soup. We're putting in Jack Campbell. He's our $5 million guy. 
what what would Toronto do if it's not Samsonov? I'd be more comfortable playing Joseph Wool than I would be Ilya Samsonov. I've been saying this since the start. The Leafs won't win a cup with Samsonov. They could win it with Wool. And I this is a gut feeling. I know I got skin in the game because I've known Wool since he was 14, but I know what that kid's made of. And I know the fact that he went six and one down the stretch over a 930 save percentage. He was an all-star in the American hockey. Like this kid's riding a wave of, of momentum right now. And just watch Samsonov. When that puck goes east-west laterally, his upper body is at war with his lower body. His arms and legs like an octopus in the net. Like there's not much structure. That scares me. So is it a big swing to go to wall? They're not going to do it. I know Sheldon Keith's not going to do it. But boy, if he surprises the world and goes with it, I think it could pay off. So keep that one in the bank. Uh, I do think you'd be more likely to see Campbell than Wall. But if it happens, just remember, you heard it here first. I love it. Uh, Here is something our producer Aaron threw together just for you, Mike. Aaron, there you go. Quick with it. Oh, (laughs) dude, I got to have it. And (laughs) On the spot, quick. Look at the look. Where do we even find that? So what is the logo? What is the logo the amalgamation of? It's the, uh, there's some sort of an oil barrel and it looks like the fisherman logo from the island. This is a real shirt. Pardon my take, Barstool Sports. He made the same mistake. So they made a shirt. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. No kidding. That makes sense. (laughs) Well, that's good. This is apropos, (laughs) I suppose that. That's a beauty. There you go, Mike. That fisherman, the uh, fisherman. What a deal. <laughs> uh, you uh, were a guy who spent a lot of time in Vegas over the last number of years. So tonight, after I've had a few beers, as you know, I like to do, Mike, where should I be hitting up uh, for a late night snack on the strip? Oh, you know what? Um, I used to always go to Tom's Urban right outside of T-Mobile. It's, it's yeah. kind of right next to New York, New York. I like that view of the strip and it's usually not like insanely busy. And there's also Crack Shack right there, which is fried chicken from a uh, pretty famous restaurateur named, um, oh shoot, his name's Blaze. His last name's Blaze. He's on Top Chef, Richard Blay, I think. Anyway, their chicken sandos are just sick, man. So Tom's Urban's a good place to grab a drink and maybe a bite. Their, uh, their French dip, I think, is what they have on the menu there. That's just astronomically awesome. And then if you want to go next door for a piece of fried chicken, those are all good bets. Because I know you're probably hanging around that T-Mobile area, even though there isn't a game this evening. Oh, yeah. We'll be around. Uh, The strip will be alive tonight. Uh, Cinco de Mayo, Mike. You're a big chef as well. What do you got cooking? What's on the grill? What's McKenna doing for Cinco de Mayo? No. No, I'm going to Milapita, Mexican restaurant down the road. It's like our favorite place. And I'm going to make my parents drive so Mrs. McKenna and I can get good and lubed up on margaritas. And it's going to be great. Hell yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not going to keep you any longer than Mike. Uh, you get everything you got to get done today and you enjoy those margaritas. That's the plan, Tyler. Thanks for having me on today. There you go. Mike McKenna from Daily Faceoff, former NHL goaltender, covered the Golden Knights for a couple of years as well. Loved his insight on uh, Stuart Skinner and kind of what the Oilers could do. Uh, it'll be interesting because if Skinner turns it around, I mean, and, and finds the level he had in the last few regular season games, this series is flat out over. Uh, we are at 98 likes right now. I know some of you in the chat are saying you did it. It hasn't popped up yet on uh, my feed. But anyways, one more time, Mike McKenna for our friends at Star Mechanical and StarMechanical.ca. Liam, anything he said there stand out to you? Uh, yeah, the fact that Joseph Wall can win the Stanley Cup for the Toronto Maple Leafs was pretty big. Uh, 
don't want that to go unnoticed. But I guess he's kind of said what we've been saying about Stuart Skinner, right? Like, there's nothing that he's doing that seems that different. I, I agree. The urgency thing is maybe something that needs to pick up a little bit in his game. And But, yeah, it seems like mistakes in front of him are something that everyone else is noticing, too. All right. You all wanted to see this for whatever reason. Okay, I'll turn it on here. One sec. This is the sword that Bag Milk bought at Medieval Times yesterday, and it lights up. Wow. So it's got a couple different settings. I don't know how well you can like see the flashing. Oh, that's, that's a good angle. So there's that one. There's this one, which kind of goes more just up and down the shaft. And then there's this one that's just a light sort of glow that pulsates throughout it. So uh, can, there's your tour. Can, of you sh- the- can you wield the sword, Tyler? Show us what they did at the at the Tournament of Champions last night. I don't know. It's kind of like an awkward angle to be doing anything, right? A stand up. Come on. Give us a show. <laughs> oh, uh, Jay says I need to wish you a happy King Charles coronation with this, Liam. So there you go. Thank you very much. Yes, it'll be a, it'll be a big day at 4 a.m. tomorrow when I get up to watch the coronation. Are you actually going to? No, it's 4 a.m. I'll be pushing Zed's style. I'll be watching Coronation Street, not the Coronation. <laughs> You're a good man. You're a good man. Uh, let's get to our AMA Travel Out of Town scoreboard for tonight, Liam. Uh, there is one game tonight in the NHL. I don't know why they thought that was a good idea, but they did. So it's just Devils and Hurricanes, the series that no one can take their eyes off of. Uh, I'm going to bet the over in this one over courtesy of our friends at Betway. It pays plus money. It's set at five and a half. Hit last game. Give me another over between the Canes and Devils. Liam, what do you like? Well, my pick yesterday of all the series being tied at 1-1 went down the drain. Thanks for the Toronto Maple Leafs for that one. But I will stick with it. I think the Devils will come out on top in this one. And I will... I'll bet power play empty net. Ooh, all right. You you would have hit that in the last Oilers game, hey? Yeah, that would have been, it was a bittersweet moment. Yeah, it would have been as Jack Eichel uh, put home the dagger in game one. Huh? It's a good line. So Very it's a nice. sword, yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's get to uh, some stats powered by our friends at Boston Pizza and their fanalytics department. How about the Oilers power play? Just absolutely not slowing down. We didn't really talk about it that much yesterday because we really weren't in that good of a mood. We wanted to talk about why the Oilers lost, not the things they did well in that game. But Edmonton's power play still cooking goes two for three, Liam. That was, uh, that was something. And I think it again shows that if the Golden Knights even if they only take three trips to the penalty box per game, they're basically gifting the Oilers at least one, if that's what they're going to do. Yeah. It's just so dangerous, isn't it? I mean, especially at the right Leon dry side list playing that. And you wouldn't have seen this obviously being out of the rink, but they showed on the TV, like the way the golden Knights adjusted a little bit to what the Oilers were doing, like putting a guy just on dry side all. And instead of dry side, I'll just stand in there and kind of being a passenger on the power play. You, you're just smart. So actually move around and, and cause a little chaos with it. And yeah, the Oilers still managed to find a way. And also the way the Golden Knights, they play like a diamond, which you don't see very, very often in the NHL yeah. anymore. And like, so it was kind of interesting, but yeah, the Oilers still managed to, to come out on top of a dig. Oh, two for two for three, I think. Right. So yeah, it's just such yeah. a deadly system. And yeah, if they can somehow get Nugent Hopkins to get going on it too, then could be even more deadly. All right. Uh, giddy up. 
with that, that 40 minutes flew by today on the show. Uh, here's what's coming up later on today, though. New episode of Oilers Nation Radio will drop this afternoon. Mm-hmm. We're going to get on that in about an hour. Tomorrow, we're going to do a bonus episode of the Real Life Podcast. And at noon Mountain Time, of course, a short for giant game day edition of Oilers Nation every day. If you are in Vegas, find us tomorrow. Come say hi. If you're in Edmonton tomorrow and you want to party, how about the party we're throwing at Greta? Going to be a ton of giveaways, drink specials, all that good stuff at Greta. Go to GretaBar.com to make your reservation there because that place is going to be packed for game two between the Oilers and the Golden Knights. Liam, I'll chat with you tomorrow, buddy. I will see you on Monday. There you go. Shout out to everyone who is active in the chat. Hammer in the like button as well. Tune into the show tomorrow at noon Mountain Time. Uh, Thanks for watching. We'll see you then. 